everyone. Thank you for joining another Casework stream. Super excited to be joined by a great group of attorneys today. We're going to be talking all things L'Oreal uh, hair straightener litigation. Um, today, we are joined by Darren Miller and Rachel Rojas of D. Miller & Associates. And we're also joined by Mark DiCello and Food Deandra DeBras Zimmerman with DiCello Levitt. Thank you guys for joining and um, all the insights and updates that you're going to be providing. Thanks Why for having us, Susan. Yeah, for sure. Why don't we start off, um, and if you guys will just share a little bit, a brief overview of your background um, and what brought you into personal injury and mass tort law. Why don't we start, Darren, with you and then Rachel and then Mark and, and Fu. We can kind of go around the go around the horn. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate you putting this together this afternoon. Um, hi, I'm attorney Darren Miller. I've been practicing for 22 years, uh, mainly in personal injury, and then the last 10 years adding uh, mass torts to uh, to uh, to the uh, inventory of things that we like to try and do. Uh, there's just so many different projects out there, like like, like this one that we're going to be getting into, that are just so significant. And so this has really piqued my interest, and I'm really glad to be involved with, in this particular project. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you, Susan, for having us. Um, I'm, I'm Rachel Rojas. I'm with Dean Miller and Associates. Um, my entire practice has been working in pharmaceutical and device litigation um, and also products, just general products liability. Uh, one of the things I like about this area of law is that, you know, we are uh, able to uh, you know, defend people that have been injured by uh, products and and medicine and devices that are supposed to be helping them or enhancing their lives, and unbeknownst to them, they're, it's hurting them. And so, I um, I really just have this desire to help uh, people who've been injured by the negligence of others. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Mark, share a little bit about your background. So, Mark DiCello from DiCello Levitt. Um, sometimes I think I've been put on this earth to help. DeAndre DeBras Zimmerman attaining the stature <laughs> to which she is entitled. Um, and that journey started over 20 years ago. I, I, I'm a career trialist. Um, I love what we do. The And I really focused on, on injury work, mass sports for my entire career. We have a firm that is in five cities and we have um, quite a few lawyers now. And what's never changed is the idea that we have to find a way to help people um, and, and really help them. And when you're looking at cases like this, really looking at a lot of people that have been harmed and some of them more than others. But we really do believe that with joining people together and having a lot of claims we defeat some of the intention uh, of tort reform and some of those things that have happened to try to uh, really protect the corporate world at the expense of our clients. And we've all, as injury lawyers and trial lawyers, we've heard the criticism of mass torts and these other things. But the truth is, there is no other way to help some of these people than to bring all these claims together and there's no other way to pressure industry to actually take people seriously and in this case these particular plaintiffs seriously there's no other way than to aggregate the claim 
put together, um, which will happen, a great leadership team, and then go get justice for people that otherwise would literally be left to die because they want straight hair. Yeah. So that's we're we're doing this now. We we're in other cases as well, but we take this really really seriously because this is this is really for so many people the only shot they have. So we're honored to do it. Yeah. Well, Mark, we're grateful for you to be here today. Thank you for that. If you would give us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for having Dechella Lovett on. Um, as you said, my name is DeAndre DeBrod Zimmerman. Everybody calls me Foo. I'm a partner at Dechella Lovett, and Mark and I uh, co-chair um, the mass tort practice, so I have to listen to his foolishness on a daily basis, but it's worth it. Um, I, I, I grew up um, a child of immigrants. My family uh, was very active in their own countries about social justice issues as lawyers, as doctors, as writers. So uh, my passion comes from my family in a sense that you have an obligation to make things right. Um, I'm a plaintiff's trial lawyer as well, primarily a products lawyer, secondarily a civil rights lawyer, um, and have worked on cases involving device, drugs, chemical contamination. Uh, pretty early in my career, I'm headed to 20 years, which is very bizarre. Um, and so as Mark said, we really at the Shell Levitt reject this um, mass model in the sense that you're not looking at the individual rights. Uh, mass tort cases, the hair relaxer case, the paraquat case, all these cases are about people, um, people who have been devastated or killed forever altered by wrongful corporate practices and putting money um, over lives. And so that is what drives me and our firm every single day. Um, we are very focused, obviously, have driven um, the hair relaxer litigation against not just L'Oreal, but a number of other defendants. Um, we represent currently thousands of women. Um, we will get them justice. That's not a question. We're not naive about the complexities of these cases. But, um, you know, Mark and Adam have built a firm with highly specialized people who work diligently with other firms and experts to make sure that the women who've been impacted have some modicum of justice. And I say modicum because if you can't have children or you're dead, I don't know what real justice is, but we do the best we can to make someone accountable for what they've been through. Well, you said focused and driven, but what I hear from each of you is your passion. So that's, um, thank you again for being here. Um, I wanted to, Darren, wanted to find out from you why is hair straightening products for this particular litigation so important to you and your firm? Uh, great question, Susan. Um, you know, as as you as you know, we've we've got we've got Boy Scouts litigation, opioids, um, fifty five thousand other cases that we get involved in, um, and obviously it's a, a very personal type of a situation. But this is one of the first times that this thing has really kind of hit home. And when I say hit home, I mean from from when I was five years old, uh, I can remember being around the house and seeing my mother taking care of my my sister's hair and relaxing it and what are we going to do this weekend and and doing and and always putting all these heavy chemicals into their uh, into their bodies and to now to think that my my sisters my cousins my 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 mother who came down with cancer a few years back 
that a company could be responsible for this is outrageous to me because at the source of these issues is always one thing. It's corporate greed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that these companies, as, as I'm sure uh, the, the, uh, our, our teammates will let us know, that they knew about these things and didn't tell anyone and just, no, just keep keep raking in the money. We're going to keep keep going with this is absolutely outrageous. And we've got to change the mindset of these companies. And I feel honored to stand in front to bring these things, to, to create change so that people can feel safe in in inducing it and and putting products into their bodies. That's the first and foremost with regards to why this is important to me. Yeah, that's um, when it hits home. Again, I can hear your passion about um, wanting to get behind and and help more women. Rachel, um, really to get things rolling, can you tell us a little bit about the, the products involved in the case? And, and how did the issue with hair straightener get even brought into the courtroom? Uh, well, so there's been uh, a number of historic, uh, historical studies, but I think uh, very recently, and there's a lot of attention to a uh, an October 2022, so just last month, or I guess two months ago since October, uh, study from the Journal of the National Cancer, Cancer Institute published the findings of a 10-year study that found a relationship between uh, women who develop uterine cancer and hair straightening products. Um, This study uh, evaluated about 34,000 women in the United States over the course of a decade. And the study found that the the risk more than doubled uh, among women who reported frequent use of chemical straighteners compared to those who didn't use those products. Um, shortly after, very shortly after, uh, DiCello Levitt and Ben Crump Law filed one of the, I believe the first case in the nation against, uh, L'Oreal, um, with, uh, for their, for their plaintiff, Jenny Mitchell. Um, since then there have been, um, other cases filed throughout the country, um, against L'Oreal and some other defendants as well. You mentioned Jenny Mitchell, um, Mark or Fu. Would you would you give us a little background about who Jenny Mitchell is, and, and maybe share a little bit about what is the problem with this product and the estimated impact of these defective products? Sure. Um, Jenny Mitchell was the first woman to come forward and file her case um, with Ben Crump Law and our firm. Um, really an extraordinary person. She's served our country. She's a former service member, um, one of six. She used the products since she was about nine or 10 years old, um, which when we'll talk about the products, we'll talk for just for me and specific kits marketed, targeted towards black and brown children very specifically. Um, At the age of 30, she received a uterine cancer diagnosis and underwent a hysterectomy. Um, And, you know, sometimes we say that in passing, like someone had a hysterectomy, but the impact is actually quite tremendous. Aside from not being able to have children, obviously your morphology shifts, your hormone shifts. There's a reason um, as, as 
as creatures that we go through menopause at a certain age uh, when your body is right for that process. And so physiologically, she was impacted. Emotionally, she was impacted partially because of the hormones, partially because of the impact of everything she had gone through. Um, and, you know, upon seeing the study, um, you know, so we're talking about, um, sorry, someone called and, and that cut me off. Um, we're talking about uh, a, a number of products. The evolution of the products are important themselves. The unifying factor are the types, the categories. There are categories of chemicals when you look at the history, amplify, evolved into formaldehyde and evolved into quite a few categories of products, as I said, including plasticides and one specifically that we've delineated in the complaint itself, DHP and a number of other chemicals. Um, not only do many of these products have known carcinogens um, and have, have forward, but it's also the matter in which the chemicals interact with one another. Um, you know, how, how did we get here? How did we get to the uterine cancer study? I will tell you that in addition to what exists, underlying a lot of the current studies that we have is the sister study, which was the first of its kind comprehensive study collecting data on women of color that really had not occurred before. And I say all that to say that the science is strong as it relates to the endocrine disrupting effects of these specific chemicals that are involved in the formulations of some of the products um, where we're seeking um, damages against those specific defendants. So it, it's complicated because we're talking about problematic chemicals, but it's simple in that they disrupting chemicals, um, they impact hormones, and these are hormone-based cancers. And it's simple in that they were distinctly aware of the impact of these chemicals and place them in the products to sell them to women of color, black and brown women, um, and to market specifically towards children. So that's simple. Uh, Fu, quick question about um, the estimated impact of these defective products. Do, is there, has anyone stated we think that there's this number of people that could have been impacted? When you say impacted, you know, we, we have to be careful about that because, you know, what what do we know? What are we prepared to advance and prove in these cases? And that is primarily uterine cancer and ovarian cancer. And I say that because there are many other conditions that those of us who've dedicated our life to this work know are problematic. The question is, what can we prove today, right? So a lot of the reason we do this work is hopefully my daughter's um, we'll work with Mark's daughters and advance the product cases that we can't advance now in the future. Right now, the emphasis is on uterine and ovarian cancer. Um, how many of those women are out there? Many. We believe it to be thousands of black and brown women who systematically use hair relaxer who have uterine and ovarian cancer. Okay, thank you for that. Rachel. As far as you had mentioned earlier, you know, L'Oreal being one of the um, offenders, who, who exactly is liable? Well, um, the in referencing the um, the Cello Levitt complaint and uh, Mitchell complaint, uh, they have named L'Oreal, Soft Sheen Carson, uh, Strength of Nature. Dauber International LTD doing business as Dauber USA Inc. and Namaste Laboratories. 
Um, additionally, there are uh, other defendants in um, in other filings uh, against the cosmetic giant Revlon, um, Opium, uh, sorry, Optimum Care, Dark and Lovely, uh, Just for Me, and Motions. Okay. One of the things you mentioned earlier, uterine ovarian cancer, I mean, and as far as the criteria, um, you know, how do you see the criteria changing? And are there, you mentioned there's a lot of other injuries, but uh, reported injuries. Uh, what can we expect or do you expect of the future? So I think the future, um, you know, as we talk about criteria and I think what we collectively call um you know, responsible representation, right? Anchoring the claims of our clients with the strongest claims because God willing, um, at some point this will be centralized. We will have bellwethers. We will get our day in court um, that folks, and we will um, be proposing a white paper to help people with criteria as well, focusing on uterine and ovarian cancer as we sift through the levels involving fibroids. And I know a lot of people have fibroids cases and um, those are not really the cases to be filed primarily, but really those cancer cases as leading the litigation in light of um, the pending studies and our analysis at this time. So, you know, you definitely want exposure, right? You want someone who systematically used the product. And this is one of those cases where that's not, um, you know, as, as Darren said, that's not a concern. I mean, folks have done this from like nine, yeah. 10 years old to mm -hmm. 35 on a schedule. You know, some folks had standing appointments every three weeks or every four weeks. So of course you need exposure. People have to identify their products. Um, there are going to be multiple products. That's why some of the cases are going to have to be multiple defendants. A child began with just for me, um, as they age, they may have used a Revlon product for a number of years, and they use the L'Oreal product. Uh, side note on the intake criteria, Revlon is in bankruptcy, um, and that is something that is being addressed at this time, because obviously that's a different pathway and different issues. Um, and then definitely someone with an ovarian and uterine uh, cancer diagnosis um, is definitely something that you want to have. And, and I think we would all agree that diagnosis alone is more than enough injury to the individual. And of course, as part of that, you will see um, as a matter of course, the vast majority of cases that there are some fibroids that are precursors um, to the cancers themselves, um, but you're really focused on those cancers. Okay. Mark, as far as the existing plaintiffs go, how far back do the timelines reach or how far back do the injuries go? Well, the injuries go, I mean, look, there's always statutes of limitations, statute of repose that we have to deal with state to state. So, so the injuries go back as far as the products are on the market. The question, you know, I, I think that that's a criteria question that is going to vary from state to state based on the product's laws. Uh, and, and remember, too, this is not this is not a medical device. This is it's not a drug. This is something that this is this is this is an aesthetic product. So I think some people are looking at some of the medical statutes to repose. I think some people are looking at this like they do other products, maybe incorrectly. But I don't want to give a, a I think there's a lot of I think the lawyers watching this are smart, but you got to look at your state law and you got to be. So I, that's what I would do, given the nature of these cases. I mean, the cases are 
I, I'm a single father with two daughters and, um, you know, the thought that, that, and I, and by the way, as a single father, I actually buy their products sometimes <laughs> much, yeah. much to my horror, uh, but <laughs> I have to do it. And if I ever thought, sure. if, I was, if I ever came across information that something I bought for them could hurt them, um, I'm looking at any way possible to hold whoever it was accountable under any state statute. Um, if there's a statute of repose, I'm looking at fraud exceptions. If there's whatever, whatever it is, these are kids. I mean, some of these little girls were 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 given um, uh, a ticket to cancer as children. So to me, uh, yeah, just just be creative, do whatever you have to do uh, for these people. And, and I agree. And I would say that the criteria, like I think all good cases, um, is evolving. And, and the firms, you know, on this presentation, along with other great firms that are diligently putting resources towards protecting, you know, the women we represent, um, you know, will continue to provide like additional guidance. But like Mark, you know, Mark said it's state to state, but looking for those cancers, looking for exposure. Um, and really being diligent about the kind of cases that you're signing, um, you know, making sure you're not giving people false hope, honestly, um, sure. signing up people who necessarily don't have a clinic. Yeah. And, let me, and, I, and I think that that's important because we're at the beginning of this litigation for a lot of people. So when you're speaking uh, to these women, a couple of things, I hope you have uh, people in your firm that are female that can talk, that can speak with them about this. I think that's important. Uh, I, I think, I think just to have compassion for them because it's it's really um, again having having a twenty year old and seventeen year old. If if I had to take them to an oncologist, and I couldn't imagine what would do to them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the having uh, women being able to talk to other women, I mean, it, it just allows for them to be more comfortable and to be able to share their experience and what they're going through. And, um, you know, Rachel, I was something that Mark just mentioned, wanted to talk about the failure to warn. Um, you know, failure to warn implies the manufacturer was aware of a health risk. Are you are you aware of it, of whether there's um, any evidence that's come forward to support this claim yet? Uh, no. Um, so the, it's, not, it's my understanding, or actually they, the defendants may have already answered, uh, the, the Mitchell complaint, but, um, a L'Oreal spokesperson has denied any knowledge of the product being defective or dangerous. Um, in fact, uh, they recently made a statement to the post, uh, which, uh, on behalf of, uh, L'Oreal, who owns Softsheen Carson, the Softsheen Carson brand. And the company said, quote, it is confident in the safety of our products and believe the recent lawsuits filed against us have no legal merit. Um, I think that probably like probably through the litigation process, though, we're going to find out what the defendants knew, uh, when they knew it and, on, and when they should have known it to support the failure to warn claim. And, and let me speak to that a little bit. Um, if, if you look at the body of our complaint, you know, when you look at um, product cases, cosmetic cases, drug cases, the question is what science exists. And um, if you look at a lot of the studies cited that deal with endocrine disruption and the prevalence 
of endocrine disruption among communities of color, specifically as it relates to the chemicals that are in these products. Uh, we're looking forward to those depositions. So uh, clearly um, a entire body of literature around some of the chemicals that are in um, these composite products. Um, and you also have to remember, as Mark said, this is a cosmetic product, um, different labeling requirements, different requirements as, as, as it regards to what exactly has to be reported. And so not every single chemical is actually reported in your hair relaxer, um, which is most disturbing, but they are placing the chemicals in the hair relaxer, not an elf, uh, Mark laughs because I often talk about elves at our office. Um, and they were aware because it was in the public sphere that these scientific um, studies existed. What's also important from a failure to warn space is we're talking about a mega company, um, not just L'Oreal, which is a French company, many companies that have entire research um, and development R&D divisions. So they are distinctly aware of scientists and have scientists on staff. So um, a lot of the basis for the failure to warn claim is in the complaint and detailed. Um, and as I like to say, common sense still exists even as lawyers. So we're looking forward to taking depositions where uh, biologists and other scientists say they were unaware of the existence of an entire body of work that involves um, the impact on the endocrine system of some of these chemicals. Yeah, we have no doubt the spokesman doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> you know, so they were telling the truth, but ignorance is bliss, but it's not a defense. Right. It, Susan, it, it would be so refreshing sometime for one of these companies to come forward and just say, you know what? We screwed up. You know, we, we, we have to take, sure. we take responsibility for, for that, things that have happened in the past that were wrong. But hey, we're working towards fixing these things instead of forcing us to beat them into submission. And then at finally coming out to say, okay, while we're not going to accept responsibility, we're going to pay you all this money because, because you're forcing us to. I mean, that is what we're trying to change, Susan. We want to change the culture in America from, from, from a corporate perspective with regards to being responsible to citizens, letting us know that things are safe. And when they're not safe, letting us know what's going on before people sick, get sick and they die. I mean, is that is that really that difficult for us to wrap our arms around? Oh, goodness, yes, that would be that would be a change in the industry for sure. Um, you know, one thing I was uh, listening to Fu talk about the science and the evolution of this case. I mean, Mark, where, where exactly, what's the status of this case? I mean, have bellwethers been tried? Is there an MDL? Oh, well, like, what exactly? Hold up, hold up. We, there'll be a JPML in uh, mid-January. Okay. There, there's going to be probably we'll have we'll have some some updates meaningful updates end of january beginning of february there's going to be all there's there is discovery happening now there are we are retaining experts by we let me be very clear i mean food uh so we are <laughs> that was funny he's very funny sometimes so so, no. No, so, so we are you know we're 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 doing that work because cases are filed and there are there are discovery schedules so that's happening but but to to um to say things that would imply that we're not going to be consolidated i think i think we have to wait for that ruling i think the odds are this will be a consolidated action 
And then everything that we've done will be brought into that. And then we'll have discovery schedules and all of that, all of that stuff that you're familiar with. What, what is, um, and this is Mark for you or Fu, what is DeCello Levitt, what are the steps that you're taking to approach this tour? You talked about having women on the phone. What, what other steps are you guys taking? I mean, part of it is our culture. Um, you know, we don't see these as mass cases. This is a case that has to be worked up. And I think that goes to people's intake criteria from the manner in which you bring the client to making sure that they have exposure, to making sure that they have the disease state, to explaining the process to them. Um, these are complicated cases. They involve general causation, which we are have experts retained, specific causation as to the individual clients. Um, there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of defendants, a lot of disease states. Um, you know, the war has begun in this case. Some of the defendants have answered. Um, and so we do what we do with every single case, to be quite honest with you. Make sure that the science is shored up. Make sure that we have the right plaintiffs for the case. Uh, make sure that we're working with great firms like the firm on here who can help sustain the litigation. Um, like Mark said, we're not presumptive. We don't know what federal judges do when they get together. We have asked to centralize the cases um, in a certain jurisdiction. And when that happens, we'll be working together. But there is a lot of moving parts. And um, especially for purposes of this, a lot of responsibility of law firms across the country to be careful in their filing of cases because if there is a MDL, those will be the cases that are part of bellwether selection. Right. And if there are crappy cases in the bellwether pool, there will be crappy cases that go to trial and that will hurt so many right. people who have strong cases. So, um, you know, our approach is to, you know, approach the case diligently with respect for our clients and to work with other firms in the same space to do so. Sure. And, and Susan, you know, that is one of the primary reasons why, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to team up with Ducello Levitt and, of course, Fu. Um, these cases are important. They're, they're important. And um, you're dealing with a class of people, um, at women of color, that traditionally have been underrepresented mm -hmm. and have certain things have, quite frankly, not gone in their favor, shall we say. But again, it's very important that we have the best in the business working together on this. And while I feel extremely confident in what I can do and what we've done in the past, I, would, I love having this 800-pound gorilla on our team to make sure that this case goes the right way for each and every one of our clients. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Darren, for referring to us as gorillas. We're laughing because I call Mark and Adam my gorillas. That is a true story. <laughs> they are very well, protective. They're this, very good partners. To, to the lawyers handling these cases, we've segmented it, right? So right. Awesome. Like any big project, when you look at it, it looks really, really daunting. So we have a client services piece we have it's very client centric and when you're in the beginning of a litigation you have to have the you have to inform the clients that the science is subject to change and what i mean by that is not science doesn't change but the results may point to a um, someone's case being better or it might be an exposure issue so we we're keenly aware that some of these people 
that are sharing some of the most intimate things with us in their lives are going to then get a phone call saying, look, because this happened, because of your particular pathology, um, you might not have the case. So on the with the client service piece, you really have to understand, you really have to be sensitive um, to, to them and understand that unlike say a, a hip case where you know you get the idr and it's the wrong hip and you say look i'm sorry it's not a usr it's not this it's a hip that we can't pursue it's a different conversation um with someone who's undergone some of these procedures so there's that piece and that has to be and i think it requires more client contact and sensitivity uh, and i think you have to you have to embrace that if you're getting involved in this litigation then of course there's the there's just the, the heavy litigation side and so you, you have to kind of merge those two at a point with the clients to give them the information they need to be secure and entrusting the case with you yeah yeah absolutely darren what uh what is your team focused on at this time you know our team is um is focused right now on educating the public i mean to, to to know of these it i just can't tell you how damaging it is to me for example to see um, that some of these companies and see these products and how dangerous they are and know that they've been in my own household in my bathroom that my sister and my and my, my, my mother have been using for years religiously on a very very consistent basis and this is happening all over the country Right. And so it's our job to let people know this is what's going on. Here's what you need to be, uh, be aware of. This is what the companies have not been telling you. So we need to address this. We need to get on top of it. Let's find out what's going on. And if these guys are ultimately responsible, let's figure the path to make them pay. Sure. And so that's what we're doing, mobilizing, getting involved, because so many people, they, they, yeah, maybe I've been using it for so long. I don't want to get involved. And they have the wrong information. And it's our job to let them know, no, 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 no. Let's get on them. We will help you. We will assist you. We will do the heavy lifting. Let us help you with this problem. And we will take it all the way home for you. Well, yeah, I mean, there's strength in numbers for sure. Um, Mark or Fu, you know, um, based on your experience with class action and mass tort lawsuits like what specifically about this case really stands out for you you know obviously it's a great case of great import um i think what's um you know stands out we're talking about a lot of products this is not the only product um directed towards communities of color that have had tremendous impact you know we've had talk we've had many others i think a number of things stand up number one this um, has been and continues to be in the MDL world, um, some of the most diverse group of lawyers working on the case, which has been a personal focus of mine in the MDL world for a long time. I think the second piece um, really is the impact the litigation has already had. And after the filing of this lawsuit, within a number of days, certain products involving phthalates were taking off the shelves. Some of our friends in the scientific community have let us know that research dollars are already being issued. Um, tons of people, academics, who had looked at these issues, including my good friend, Dr. Wendy Green, who is the architect of the Crown Act, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of hair, um, is watching the culmination of her academic life's work come to fruition in a very palpable way. 
that involves recognizing the exposure to these women and children and hopefully reaching a point where they're accountable. So it's a really important case for a lot of reasons. It impacts a lot of people. Um, it also is the culmination of science and communities of color that had been long overdue, um, which over the last 20 years, there had been a push for parity in scientific research, which obviously drives our ability as trial lawyers to get accountability. So um, it's a case that uh, will be seminal for many, many reasons. Um, we have a long fight ahead of us, um, but obviously it's very personal to us. It has great impact. And for that reason, um, even more so, although we feel this way about all of our cases, you know, we want to be diligent and make sure we're advancing the case in the proper way. And there's a, there's a humanity question. Uh, discussion, whatever you want to call it, that that you get with this case. And that is, I mean, it begs the question, culturally, we're emphasizing, uh, and Pooh Poo mentioned this with the with, uh, with what you just said, but culturally, this, this was not necessary. It just wasn't necessary. This is, this is an issue where you want to make yourself conform to a notion of beauty and you pay Pay, what's the price of your life, your fertility? So it, it does, I think, start a lot of conversations that that responsible parents should have with their children. And it, it, this is a, a, a horrible, horrible um, event, but it does start the conversation, especially with women. What, what are you being asked to be? And at what price are you being asked to be that? And that that is a, as a I mean, I, I I have insight only as a dad, but it's a it's a conversation that has to happen over and over again because this price is insane. It's just insane. And by the way, you tell Darren when I knew him when he had long straight hair, <laughs> it would never be worth it. Even though you were beautiful, feel uh, beautiful, but no. But that's as men, we don't have those conversations. Sure, we just right. don't. And as women, you know, you, you, the history, at least from my daughter, they always talk about being ignored and, and what they have to go through. So, look, I'm hearing that, and I think everybody uh, has an opportunity to now have that discussion. So, if that helps. For sure. And, and I think it goes back, you know, Darren mentioned about uh, his team is really focused on education. And I know one thing, Darren, um, your firm and team is great at is just the messaging, the messaging that you're getting out to the public and, and part of the education. Rachel, I was, you know, wanted to find out um, and, and have you speak a little bit about some of the ways that your team is spreading the awareness about this case. Um, well, I think we're spreading it just kind of like we do many of our tours and actually Darren did, has done something just with regards to just education and a lot of it is like people like he said people need to know um he um uh, did a video today and sent it out to all our staff not our just our mass tort department like everybody the, the personal injury department and and said like hey this is what's going on like you should be aware and you should you know if you're using these products that these are dangerous and they're, you know, and they're causing people to, you know, develop cancers. And, and, and I think that that is where the, you know, the dialogue starts where people know. Um, also, our, I think our firm is really great at, you know, using our social media 
to, to get the mess, get messaging out um, and to reach people who are not necessarily Googling, you know, L'Oreal lawsuit, right? Um, or they're, they're, they're finding this, this content, content a little bit more organically. And again, no matter who this reaches, like it, it starts the conversation about like, you know, these products that could be dangerous and it gets people talking. And I think that's, you know, one of the ways that we, that we work on getting that message out um, through our website, through our social media, um, through, you know, Darren, you know, he, he speaks at a lot of places and, and just, just information. We need yep. to get the information out there. Yeah, for sure. Last question. This has been fantastic. Fu, thank you for joining us even uh, in between flights. You. This is, you. you have provided a wealth of knowledge and, and answered lots of questions. Um, I guess, Darren, I'm just really interested, you know, if, if attorneys that are listening, if they have more questions and want to get involved, what, what do you suggest that they do? Look, this is a different type of case, right? Um, because again, and it's a different type of case from the perspective of we are, you, you know, people that have been affected by this. There's just no question. You know, people that have been affected by it. The question is, what are we going to do about it? And I'm telling you, I, I was planning on kind of standing on the sidelines on this particular case. I really was. But then as, as, uh, as my partner, Ben Crump, is embarrassing me by filing the fight, fight first lawsuit with you guys, I'm like, okay, I have to get involved. I have to, 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 to learn more about it. And then as I get start to learn more about what's going on, oh my God, this, these products were in my house. They're in my home. If they're in my home and I'm supposed to be Mr. Education, what about everybody else who doesn't even stand a chance? They don't know about these things. So we're going to get the information out there. We're teaching people. We're, we're getting people involved. And what I'm, what I'm doing a little bit differently here, and you're going to help me with this, Susan, you don't even know it yet, is like <laughs> contacting all, all my friends, my attorneys. Hey, all your old clients, all your friends that you did that, that, uh, that bumper to bumper, that, that little rear end case, contact that young lady. Let them know about what's going on. Let them know to get involved. We will help them. You can do it yourself. That's great if you want to. But strength, there's strength in numbers, guys. Let us do it with this, with, with our team here if you want us to. And let us help you get this, get the message out, protect your particular clients, evaluate your case, and get you involved. So I am real, I'm taking this thing head on. I'm not gonna be embarrassed by you guys, by you guys taking all the accolades and not letting getting some for myself. This is important. Okay, my my, I've got two young girls. One of them's 19, the other one is 16. They use these products. My wife goes to the to the hairdresser every weekend. I'm going there myself very soon because I need. Hey, ladies, hey, do y'all know what's going on out here? Okay, because you need to educate, 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 educate yourself. Yeah. You need to understand what the situation is, and so we're letting everyone know what's going on. And so my plan is to spread the word word everywhere get the information out to everyone and then let them make their decisions okay and so attorneys who want help with this our partners we will give them the information we'll let them know what's going on but the smart play is to get together with other folks that you can trust who know exactly what they're doing to help you figure out what's the best way to help the biggest group of people that's the easiest way i can suggest yeah. that well, we greatly appreciate you bringing awareness to all these communities, Darren and, and Fu and Mark and Rachel. 
Um, thank you all for joining today. Again, this has been such great information. I've learned more today than I have in a while. I mean, this, is, this has been great. And so we really appreciate you guys joining us and sharing this information. Uh, of course, for all the attorneys that are listening, those that want to learn more, they'll have your contact information and they can reach out. So, And, and, and Susan, I'm sorry, I have to really yeah. interrupt you. I want to thank you because look, Mark and I and Fu, we were going to do this anyway, along with, with Rachel. We were, we were going to do this anyway, but we were going to do this privately. But when you guys contacted me, hey, Darren, why don't we talk about this? Now we can get that word out. We can spread yeah. it out there. We can disseminate the information. So thank you for putting this together because this is going to help us kind of sharpen our pencil a little bit better and make that message get out there just e even faster. Fantastic. Well, good. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone's time and joining us today. And um, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Susan. Bye, guys. Bye.